Welcome to the Untangling Life Podcast with Rachel Wojo. I'm Rachel, and this podcast is where you'll find the space to clear your head and calm your heart. Make yourself at home. Welcome to episode 13 of the Untangling Life Podcast. I'm Rachel, and I'm so thrilled to have you here. Today, we are taking a little bit of a different turn in our Untangling Life approach in that we are going to learn to pray from women in the Bible. I am so excited about this topic. If you hear any noise on the podcast, it is because my dear Kimber who is my son's dog, will not leave me alone. Although the house is empty, there is no one here. She clearly wants to be right at my feet. And how can I refuse, right? So if you hear any little snorting or sighing or tooting, well, it's not me, it's her. My husband would say, sure, it's her. Um, Today we are learning to pray from women in the Bible. I had the opportunity earlier today to share with my friends at Million Praying Moms on this very topic, and it was so well received that I could not help but take this same topic and share it with all of you because I know that the Lord is leading me to deep dive into this topic even greater in the future. We are going to take all of the six women that I reviewed today and do the same review that I shared with the Million Praying Moms in their huddle time. So while we are doing a bird's eye view at the moment, in later podcast episodes, we will dive into discovering each one, each single woman individually and uniquely and what we can learn from her prayers, what we can learn from her words to God, her words to Jesus, her response in her prayer time. So I'm so excited about this. Let's get moving. First up, we have Deborah. Deborah is such a unique character in the Bible. She is a judge. She is an authority placed in authority, and I think it is so cool just to see that in Bible times, she was a woman of wisdom, a woman of character. Let's pause for a moment and look at Deborah's backstory, because although we are focused on her prayer and what the words that she said in her prayer, we want to look at the backstory of Deborah. And Deborah feels God calling the nation of Israel to go to war and The captain of the guard, Barak, says, I'm not going to war unless you're going with me. And that is how much he valued her stability, her strength, her courage, her relationship with God. And so she went. And this chapter, Judges 5, is the song that Deborah and Barak sang together when they returned from battle. They sang in victory. And so the words we're reading today in our chapter, Judges 5, Verses 1 through 9 and then verse 31 is all about the words that she says to the Lord. And in verse 31, her prayer, her praise song becomes a prayer. And she says, So may all your enemies perish, Lord, and may all who love you be like the sun when it rises in its strength. Now think about that. She says, May all who love you, God, be like the sun when it rises in its strength. You know, when you think about the sun, every day the sun 
brings us routine. It brings us structure. You know, God created the morning and the evening, the sun and moon to rule the day and the night. He gave us that structure and that stability and consistency. And I believe that is what Deborah is teaching us in her prayer life. Deborah is teaching us through her prayer the key of consistency. If we want to have a strong prayer life, if we want to pray like women in the Bible, Deborah is specifically telling us, pray consistently. Don't give up. Don't do halfway. Don't go a couple days and then stop a couple days. She's saying, let us be like the sun that is full of strength and is faithful. And I just want to encourage you today that if you're struggling with consistency, there's a beautiful book, Praying Mom. And some of you are not moms who are listening to this, but this book is full of tips on how to develop a consistent, quiet time, tricks of the trade for moms who have busy schedules. And so I just would encourage you to develop a routine, develop a consistent time of prayer. I believe the main takeaway from Deborah's prayer life in this verse is that consistent prayer yields a strength and confidence unlike anything else. So if you want that strength, you want that confidence, you've got to be consistent. Let's pray for that. Let's move on to the next woman in the Bible who whose prayer life we're examining. And this big bird's eye overview, we are looking at Hannah in 1 Samuel. Now, Hannah's story is all of 1 Samuel 1 and 2. Chapter 1 explains the depth of Hannah's sorrow. Let me read to you just for a moment from 1 Samuel 1. Here's 1 Samuel 1 verse 10. In her deep anguish, Hannah prayed to the Lord, weeping bitterly. And she made a vow saying, Lord Almighty, if you will only look on your servant's misery and remember me and not forget your servant, but give her a son, then I will give him to the Lord for all the days of his life and no razor will ever be used on his head. As she kept on praying to the Lord, Eli observed her mouth. Hannah was praying in her heart and her lips were moving, but her voice was not heard. Eli thought she was drunk and said to her, how long are you going to stay drunk? Put away your wine. Not so, my lord, Hannah replied. I'm a woman who is deeply troubled. I've not been drinking wine or beer. I was pouring out my soul to the Lord. Do not take your servant for a wicked woman. I've been praying here out of my great anguish and grief. Eli answered, Go in peace, and may the God of Israel grant you what you have asked of him. I love this passage for so many reasons, and I love the story of Hannah for so many reasons, but... I am thinking today specifically about how Hannah really just didn't care about anyone around her or what anyone around her thought about her as she was sitting there praying. Her grief was so overwhelming. Her anguish was so deep. She was in such great sorrow. And I have been there, friend. I have been there. Maybe you have too. And when it's that deep, The only thing that satisfies is God. He is the only one who can meet you in your deepest needs. And so she says to Samuel, you have no idea. I'm not drunk. 
this is just who I am and where I am right now. The lesson we can learn from Hannah is one of humility. She was so humble in her response to him. If I were her, I honestly think I would have been like, dude, you're supposed to be the priest. Shouldn't you have you know, discretion and be able to tell what's going on with a woman? Be able to understand this deep sorrow. I think that we often expect leaders to have this sensitivity to a situation, but we don't know any of the details. You know, we don't know how close he was standing to Hannah. We have no idea if he was, you know, passing by in a hurry. Um, We just don't have the background. It would be interesting to know all of that, but we don't have it. We do know that she simply says, look, I was pouring out my soul before the Lord. And he quickly rectifies the situation and understands and says, go in peace. I love that lesson in humility from Hannah's first prayer. Hannah does have a second prayer. And it's interesting to me that her second prayer is 10 verses long. Her first prayer is one verse long. Her rejoicing over God granting her a child is incredible. And there's so much to be learned from that. Before today... I am choosing to focus on her humility, and I believe that we can take away a lot from her example in these few verses. But the one takeaway I want you to remember today is that a humble spirit in prayer will ignore the opinions of others. You don't have to have all your words right in order to pray in front of other people. You don't have to worry about what others think of you. When you are praying, your demeanor, your posture, you don't have to worry about any of that. When you align yourself with the Lord and just humble yourself before Him, you can ignore the opinions of everyone else. It is just you and your God. I want to move on from Hannah over to Esther. Esther is an an interesting book of the Bible because the word God is never mentioned in the book of Esther. And in fact, we don't have a note of any kind where it says that Esther prayed. But I do want you to listen to the portion of the passage that we do have that is an indicator that she paused and she clearly needed to take a break, and make sure she was following through with what God had for her. Listen to Esther 4.16. This is her response to Mordecai when he says that famous line, you know, maybe you're here for such a time as this, Esther. And in reply, Esther 4.16, Go gather together all the Jews who are in Susa and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. I and my attendants will fast as you do. When this is done, I will go to the king, even though it is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. That is the other famous line from her story. If I perish, I perish. But I want to back up and look at the example she shows of fasting. Fasting is the exact opposite of an addiction. You know, when we are addicted to something, whether it is 
food or chocolate or television or Netflix, whatever our addiction might be. Maybe it's something heavier than that for you. I don't know who's listening today, but an addiction is the opposite of fasting. Fasting says, God, you are sustaining me above all else. You are the one I rely on. You are my daily bread. You are enough. And that is what Esther paused for three days to do. She paused to say, Lord, this is yours. It is all yours. And should you choose not to free me, should you choose to allow this evil to happen, allow the Jews to be killed, if you choose that to happen, then I still submit to you. Her famous line, if I perish, I perish, explains to us how we can respond today. I believe in Esther's time of prayer, though we have no words We have nothing but her fasting to indicate that she was truly praying. I believe her statement, if I perish, I perish, is really the golden nugget because prayer aligns our hearts with God's sovereignty, providing the courage to face any outcome. When we recognize that God is in control and we rely on him and we agree to that, then we can have the courage to face any outcome, no matter what it is. You know, when my precious Taylor was so sick and I, for many years, wanted her healing to take place on this earth, what mother doesn't want that? I struggled with having the courage to face any outcome because any outcome meant that her healing might not take place until heaven. Any outcome meant that she would die and I would no longer see her or spend time with her. Her spirit would be gone and her body would be buried. I didn't feel that I had the ability. I didn't feel that I had the strength or the courage to face that outcome. And when I began to pray and truly be consistent in prayer and align my heart with God's sovereignty and begin to remove any addictions in my life and and rely completely on the Lord as my daily bread, then I began to build up courage just like Esther did in this passage. I only share my story in hopes that someone else can pick up a nugget or two and agree that God has amazing things for us when we align our hearts to his. We can have the courage to face any outcome. The next lady that we're taking a peek at here as a woman of the Bible whose life we can learn from in regards to prayer is Mary, the mother of Jesus. Her story is incredible. In Luke 1, her entire story is revealed and how the angel came to her and God gave her the opportunity to be the mother of Jesus. Mary's response in Luke 1 to the angel, I am the Lord's servant. Mary answered, may your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. And I love the promise that the angel gave right before Mary said that. He said, no word from God will ever fail. So think about that. The angel says, no word from God will ever fail. And Mary answers, may your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel leaves. And Elizabeth exclaims over her later, Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. And then Mary sings and her praise is a prayer 
And that is what's so cool about how God works in our hearts. Often our prayer turns into a praise or our prayer begins with a praise. And Mary says, the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. I believe that Mary was filled with faith. I call her faith-filled, and I believe that's the characteristic we can learn from her. I did try to find other words in the dictionary that I believed would satisfy this description of her character and what we can learn from her in prayer. She had a faith-filled prayer life, but I couldn't find any other words. I think the lesson that we can take from her, the takeaway, is believing that God will keep his word fuels a strong prayer life. That faith to know that God will always keep his promises. His word is true and he is not going to change. And believing that and knowing that can always strengthen. It fuels us to pray his word back to him, right? If you want to read Mary's song or Mary's prayer, her praise, it is in Luke 1 verses 46 through 55. And now we're going to take a look at a woman who is a lesser known woman of the Bible. I really love this Canaanite woman and her story. It's a very short story, but in Matthew 15, 21 through 28, we find a Canaanite woman. And I want to take just a moment to read that passage to you. Matthew 15, 21. Leaving that place, Jesus withdrew to the region of Tyre and Sidon. A Canaanite woman from that vicinity came to him crying out, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. My daughter is demon-possessed and suffering terribly. Jesus did not answer a word. So his disciples came to him and urged him, send her away, for she keeps crying out after us. He answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. The woman came and knelt before him, Lord, help me, she said. He replied, it's not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. Yes, it is, Lord, she said. Even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Then Jesus said to her, woman, you have great faith. Your request is granted. And her daughter was healed at that moment. Imagine this passage starts with Jesus, it says Jesus withdrew. He had been around the crowds and it was time for a little rest. And this mama, this brave mama said, you know what? I don't care if Jesus is resting or not. This is the time for me to be able to reach him. And I believe she was strategizing. I know desperate moms and they get things done, right? She says, Lord, have mercy on me. My daughter's demon possessed and suffering terribly. And Jesus didn't answer her. So I I imagine the disciples in their minds were thinking, oh, he's tired. He needs to not be bothered. We need to get this woman away. But that is not what he intended at all. And in response to them, I feel like you can hear the sarcasm dripping from his words. I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. We know that's not true, right? We know that he was sent for every nation, every tribe, every person on the planet. And so the Lord just says this. And the woman comes and kneels before him and her response is, Lord, help me. And I just love her response because that's a prayer that I pray so often. Lord, help me. Help me. I need you. 
I need you every hour of every day. And he says, it's not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. And he's talking about this whole hierarchy of society and and how as a Canaanite woman, she is of lesser um, societal recognition, basically equivalent to a dog in comparison to the average citizen. And she says, yes, but even the dogs get the crumbs. So she continues to beg him for what she knows is within his power. And he responds saying, woman, you have great faith. Your request is granted. Her daughter was healed in an instant. What an incredible example of faith. I love most about the Canaanite woman is that she was persistent. And I believe in our prayer lives today, we give up too soon on asking God. He says, ask, and his timing will be perfect. But God loves to hear his children talk it out. I want you to keep asking for that loved one to come to know Christ. Keep asking for that child to be healed of their sickness or illness or disease. Keep asking for his grace and his mercy and his comfort in your time of need because he loves to hear his children talk it out. Imagine as a parent or a grandparent or even a friend how if your relationship with that person is broken, if they cut you off in communication and stop talking to you, then does the relationship ever begin to repair? Is the relationship growing stronger if there's no communication? God wants to hear you keep asking. And I love this woman's persistence. I love it because she was a mama bear and I can relate. I just appreciate how God gave instantaneous healing after her persistence. And now we've reached the last woman of the Bible that I want to talk about today and examine in Luke 2 36 through 38 there is a story very short description of a woman named Anna and Anna I believe has a very special place in the Bible listen just three verses Luke 2 36 through 38 there was also a prophet Anna the daughter of Penuel of the tribe of Asher she was very old She had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage and then was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple, but worshiped night and day, fasting and praying. Coming up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. Now think about the backstory of Anna. What's happening here is that Mary and Joseph and Jesus are approaching the temple. And so we're given this story of Anna, this faithful woman who lived at the temple, who worshiped, who fasted and prayed day and night. Imagine that. Imagine that. And here she is. Jesus, Mary, and Joseph approach And she gives a prophetic word over them. She says, this is Jesus. We don't know every word that she said, but it says she spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. You see, I get excited about Anna for a couple of reasons. Those of you who are listening who say, I'm too old to do anything anymore, or I am just, all I can do is pray about it. 
Oh, friend, praying is not the last thing you can do. It's not a backseat job. It's a front row job. Look at Anna and look at her age and how the Bible explains that she was a widow, that she was older, that she had done the ropes. But I believe there's something really critical we can learn from Anna today. You see, Anna had the gift of discernment. She knew when to do things. She knew what God was doing. She was so in tune with the Holy Spirit guiding her and directing her. And I believe that is the lesson in our prayer lives that we need to take away from her is that we need discernment. Daily guidance and spiritual insight result from spending time in prayer. Daily guidance and spiritual insight result from spending time in prayer. You want to know which direction to go? Pray about it. You want to know how to live, what to do in troubled times, how to cope in our current culture? Then spiritual insight is what you need. Daily guidance is what you need. And the way we get that the way we can pattern our lives after Anna and receive those words, receive what we need, receive the vision to know when God is working and chase after where the Spirit is going. The way that we get that is through spending time in prayer. I just love Anna's story so much. Well, we have covered a bird's eye overview of these six women in the Bible, Deborah Hannah, Esther, Mary, the mother of Jesus, the Canaanite woman, and Anna. There are many more that we can uncover. We may extend this series, but for the next six podcast episodes, I will be deep diving into each one of these women. We did the bird's eye view. Next week, we will talk about Deborah in more detail and how we can pattern our lives after her prayer life and what we can learn from her because we are learning to pray from women in the Bible. I want to take just a moment and pray for us together, especially in regards to Anna and the wisdom that we need in order to function in today's society. Dear Father, your wisdom is above all. And today I praise you for being the all-wise God. Though my mind is incapable of understanding all your ways, I trust that you keep every one of your promises. You are good and you make all things for my good. While I know this is true, I often fail to be wise in applying this truth. Help me, Father. I need you. I need the heavenly wisdom that can only come from you. Give me the strength to pursue it. Give me the power to practice it. And I'll praise your name. Amen and amen. Have a great week. God bless. Bye-bye. Well, thanks for listening to the Untangling Life podcast. Each episode ends with a segment called On My Desk. And this week on my desk, I have the women of the Bible speak. The wisdom of 16 women and their lessons for today by Shannon Bream. I also have on my desk, Brooke McLaughlin's Praying Mom. This book is about making prayer the first and best response to motherhood. I am also so excited to share that this week I launched my beautiful prayer card set, 31 Days of Prayers for the Heart. You know, sometimes I struggle with finding the words that I want to pray. 
I love Romans 8.26. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. I hold this verse so close to my heart. I've also learned that the words I'm searching for can sometimes be discovered through the prayers of others. 31 Days of Prayers for the Heart is designed in response to the many readers who have pinned, liked, commented, and shared all the prayers I've written on rachelwojo.com. I believe this prayer pack can be an encouraging resource to help you clear your head and calm your heart in the chaos of life. The last prayer that I read at the end of the podcast, a prayer for when I need wisdom, is a part of this beautiful prayer pack, and I hope you will take advantage of the opportunity to purchase. If this podcast blessed you, don't forget to share it with your neighbor, friend, sister, or brother. God bless. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Untangling Life Podcast with Rachel Wojo. If you enjoyed this podcast episode, be sure to subscribe. For show notes and free resources, visit rachelwojo.com. See you again soon. The love of God is immeasurable. It's unchanging. It's indescribable. Because God loves you so much, you can sleep through the night in peace. With Abide Bible Sleep Meditation, you can fall asleep fast with relaxing sleep stories based on Scripture. To start listening now, go to lifeaudio.com or search your favorite podcast app for Abide Bible Sleep Meditation. You can also download the Abide app for more biblical meditations at abide.com.